اهلا وسهلا فيك يا شريف شكرا خيام انه قبلت تفوت بهالحوار معي So we have to speak in English, right? Yes, we have to speak okay. in English. Uh, do you want me to start? That would be nice. Cool. Okay, so we're uh, sitting here in Beirut in the One Heart studio that Khayyam is co-managing. And um, yeah, we're going to have a conversation about uh, issues related to music and to sound, like questions that basically... Um, occupy our uh, thoughts, our daily thoughts, and our uh, diff- very different passes in music, but also seeing um, the points where we converge. Um, the purpose being, of course, not to converge, but on the contrary, to have basically different answers or outtakes on uh, what it is to basically um, have a contemporary and or and or an experimental approach to music in the Arab world uh, today in our current period. What, what do you think that means? Or what does that mean for you? Um, it means not... Uh, Let's say uh, it means finding, in a way, a new path into music or into sound um, in the context of uh, the Arab world. So it can mean many things, and there is not a, a single answer, I think, to that. Um, I always was in, in, interested and in, in keen to ask you this, but I, I don't know why we never got around to it, but... Do you think that there needs to be some kind of um, obvious marker of identity on the music for it to, for us to be able to say that it's from the Arab world, you know, in in quotation marks, in that it represents here in some shape or form? Absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm more talking um, in the wider context, not uh, not how to 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 create a experimental Arabic music or yeah. contemporary Arabic music. Although I think this is happening in a way, maybe uh, even not saying, not talking about myself, but I I see it happening yeah. around me, uh, or I see people giving this label more or less. Um, But that's not the idea. The idea is to um, reflect more upon a, a cultural or a historical context. So we are in a place where um, the history is different, mm. in a way. Yeah, so that's that's more my concern. The history, what, where you are coming from, because obviously we're in. A, actually, it's funny because what I, <laughs> what I initially wanted to. To start with and ask you is a funny thing that happened to me yesterday. Mm. Uh, it's been uh, it's been uh, a while that uh, my thoughts are going towards um, schizophrenia mm. in music. And as a general theory, um, after reading, especially reading a book uh, by Maurice Dantec called Babylon Babies. Mm. It's a science fiction book 
I think it's a very good book. At least it's one of the best novels I've read in the past 10 years, I would say. One of the best. Um, and uh, the whole thing revolves around the idea that schizophrenia is not a disease. Mm -hmm. Although technically the word refers to a disease. Mm. It's actually the, the, the first step or the first sign of the next evolution of mankind. This is the, the topic. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm thinking about that. Then I go on your Twitter page <laughs> <laughs> and I see a schizophrenic musician. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to talk to Hayam and basically ask you why you put this word there. How do you see this? How, why, why did you label yourself in that way? Not saying label in a negative no, no, way. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A few people asked me this before, actually. It's purely because I, um, uh, I play oud and I play the drums. And whoever asks me, uh, you know, I get, I meet somebody, I don't know, like yesterday I met one of our neighbors and she was like, so what do you do? And I was, I'm a musician. She said, oh, what do you play? I, I play oud and the drums. They're like, well, those two don't go together, do they? <laughs> <laughs> and and for me, it's more about the, I mean, they go together perfectly. Mm. I don't see them. But, but I do see that there's a stark divide in there. And you it's play like also buzu and synthesizer. Yeah, whatever, but yeah. those other things are like, um, they're mm. by the by. And the drums and the oud are the main, I feel like they're the two axes upon which everything works. And they're so contrasting, particularly in the way that I used to play, at least, where the oud was very subtle and, and tender and meditative and the drums was all just hyper loud and, and aggressive and very powerful. So that's why that's there. But But... In a way, it's funny you mentioned this novel and the premise of the novel because the, my next record is is based exactly on that premise and on the idea of that not being something to shy away from, but being something to embrace. And uh, that's what my show at the last Irtijal festival was. Right. You know, it's really about embracing these two, whether you want to see it as two conflicting parts of your same persona or whether they're um, too, con too, too contrasting um, you know, elements of your being but, but embracing them and saying well this is who I am and, and I can't get away from that and there's no point trying to deny it in any way yeah. and, and seeing if, if something you know, out of that combination can actually make sense but, right. but not at the same time which gives it a bit of a different uh, vibe. But then that comes back to what I was asking you about what you think it means to to be creating an, an, a contemporary music from this region and whether there needs to be some kind of identity or not. Because that was something that's always been troubling me, I guess. It's, it's trying to be yourself and find your own identity within this context that is you know, very complex and and very individualistic because there are so many different um, details. But how how to make it relevant in in some in some way relevant to here, to to the day to day, to our audiences. Um, and I don't really know if I found an answer either. Sure, I don't know if there needs to be one. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think this, um, like creating an identity is a bit uh, contradictory to the idea of schizophrenia where you're basically not uh, specifically trying to create one identity at least. You're not, is, you're just in control of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't you think that um, 
the schizophrenia goes beyond just out and drums into the music because I've personally seen you doing uh, um, music where I feel you're a completely different musician and you put your yourself in a maybe you see links but from the outside it looks like um, suddenly you're a completely different musician you're not obviously but mm -mm. than the one I saw in uh, a previous uh, show like at least also from your recordings like your your uh, um, uh, solo synth you mm. did you know in a very yeah. what was it Popol Vuh very uh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, approach but applied to to oriental scales yeah. Um, and then if you're playing, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know, Elif Ensemble mm. or uh, your out solo or playing drums with a band, like, uh, I feel that, um, uh, schizophrenia meant, of course, in a positive way is, yeah. goes beyond just the instruments, no, absolutely. but also the possibility absolutely. to, you know, to put yourself yeah. in a, in a free, which I also have. So I'm uh, like absolutely. completely... And then you you are yourself in each of these, but you don't have a. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a, um, this not necessarily connected to to the 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 Arab world thing, mm. but in general. Um, but maybe it's connected because in general. You have this tendency of a musician to find his language and his identity and to stick to it. So this is me, you know, mm. this music, this is me. So, um, of course, uh, you can play it very differently and then taint it and change it. But generally, there is a, let's say, first degree temptation of a musician to build one sound that is the sound you will mm. recognize him from and play in one style. Um, I see this more or less breaking um, internationally today, but maybe I'm yeah. mistaken. But uh, for me, it's always been a very strong uh, drive. Like, I don't want to just play this or just play that kind of music. I'd actually like to play a very different material. I'd like to play very different styles. And I think that's where your your strength, or at least like one's true individual voice comes through because I think like like you I don't agree that individuality is cornered into just a sound or a, or a genre or a, a particular way of playing um, I've like I've always been a massive fan of somebody like Zappa who if you really look at Zappa's work It's it's very very contrasting in many places, but you can always tell that it's Zappa, because he has an identity, whether it be in terms of the um, satirical material, whether it be the ter in terms of the melodic material, whether it be in terms of rhythmic, um, you know, thought processes. Those are always there. Um, there's an aesthetic that's very Zappa, and and I think the same for you. If I hear you playing the drums. I'm not saying like you're you're like Zappa, but but <laughs> I play drums better than him. <laughs> but I mean, if you, if I when I hear you playing the guitar and I hear you playing the drums, I can tell that it's you. And I think for any kind of you know learned listener or musician, they would be able to tell the same thing. But that's because 
what we're hearing is the true essence of what what drives you and what um, what intrigues you and what what makes you who you are. And I and I think and I feel the same way about what I do. You're right that my schizof sorry my so-called schizophrenia is um, is definitely not confined to just oud and drums. I mean that's a simplistic way that I present it to people because it just it makes sense. It's quite obvious. It's very literal. But um, from yeah, from playing other instruments to running a label to you know doing uh, basically behaving like a band manager to doing I don't know accounting to social media strategies to whatever you know recording being a recording engineer being a mix engineer every now and then I've done a bit of mastering they're all different hats that you put on and and you feel like they are truly completely isolated parts of your grand persona but uh, I I always felt that there's something very obvious that links them all together if I'm playing a synthesizer or I'm playing oud or playing drums I would like to think that somebody who knows me would be able to tell that those are all me, regardless of genre or style or anything else. And, I, and I'm pretty sure the same goes for you. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, so anyway. th- there's that combination of those things that I think is interesting. Um, and you're right that a lot of people try to find a formula and then stick to it. And it works for a lot of people and it makes things makes things easy it makes things easy for the for the industry it makes things easy for the listeners it makes things easy for programmers for, you know the whole ecosystem functions yeah. better when yeah, yeah. they know yeah. what to expect exactly. um, yeah that's what i was referring to yeah. more or less also i i come from a specific era uh, when i started playing music in france in paris to be precise where there was a tendency to even within specific size styles or specific um, types of music to subdivide mm. and to radicalize the division between subdivisions and sub subdivisions mm. um, which as a young musician I would fall for like okay yeah to, today minimalism is in fashion I have to play in a minimal way so for instance yeah so and uh, I, I could more or less do it And if at some point um, I, within a very minimal concert, I would break the codes of minimalism. Mm-hmm. So I would, for instance, uh, suddenly start uh, playing uh, more or less like Derek Bailey, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, then I could get criticized like, yeah, you did something wrong here. Mm. So th- that's more or less the, the context in which I... I um, started playing, let's say, professionally. And so for me, coming back to live in Lebanon was, mm. that was one of the the, the very positive uh, things on my music is that uh, it's such a, such a small musical scene mm. that um, actually no one really... Um, There isn't this phenomenon actually of um, subdividing, even dividing. I mean, dividing happens, but subdividing, where like forget it, <laughs> miles, yeah, we're exactly. just away from the possibility even of subdividing. It's true. So, so that had a positive effect on me. 
not that it's necessarily a positive thing, but at least on me because I, I could suddenly um, um, express my schizophrenia mm. in a way. So that's where my my question was more or less coming from. I, I think yeah, for, for me it's been quite liberating. It's I think it's more liberating being here and thinking about you know Arabic music and and how to find a way to express it to to use arabic music to express the the, the current contemporary modern day-to-day that we live you know, regardless of what label you want to put on it i think it's more liberating being here and working within that confine rather than living abroad and working within that confine because when you live abroad you just naturally have a tendency for nostalgia and you naturally have a tendency, I think, to, or, you know, one has a tendency to over-exaggerate certain feelings or certain ideas. Whereas when you're here and you're making music, those ideas, some of them just don't feel relevant because they're normal. The normalization of things helps you scrape away some of the surface layers of, of your musical ideas or, or, or creative ideas. But at the same time, it also makes you um, it, it makes you less objective because so many things become normal to you that now um, you, it, you, it's hard for you to be able to judge it to judge what somebody who doesn't come from that um, world might, how that, that person might react to it. For the last year, I've been working on this app and for this microtonal tunings and stuff. And where, when I first started working on it, if jumping between equal temperament and maqam rast would just be a very obvious change. And it was like, oh my God, I'm just hearing a completely different tonality now after working on it for so long and using it every day it's completely normal act to the point where the, i can't the difference is normal the differences yeah. and the and switching between the two like it all sounds you know between quotation marks in tune to me mm-hmm. nothing sounds strange nothing sounds out of place everything sounds perfectly normal and and that only that only comes because it's been it has been normalized in my day to day because I work with it so much, and so I lose complete objectivity. And I work on something and I think, oh, but this doesn't sound very Arabic, or it doesn't have the character of the maqam. That's not quite what I was looking for. And then I leave it for a couple of days, and then I put it on and just listen to it in the background while I'm washing up or something. And I realize, ah, oh, actually no, but it does have an identity mm. to it, and it does relate that musical concept you were thinking about. But it's just because you became so normalized and so used to. That it's um, it stopped working. So that's that's one side of it. And the other side is that sometimes you feel I, I feel at least that that this question of identity is so li- is so, is approached so literally by so many musicians, whether it be melodically or conceptually, compositionally or conceptually, it's so literal that it just makes me you know, want to play punk <laughs> and just shout into a microphone for like three hours. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. And actually, though, yeah. I realize that people, you know, audiences here, the more you're, you're, you're really free on stage and you just do anything that you, whatever comes to mind, 
the more people are attracted to that because because there are so many I don't know I don't want to sit and, and like conceptualize about it but it's always exciting and whenever I play drums in a show people are always like hyper ecstatic afterwards because they're like oh my god you're just like hitting all these things so hard and all these bits were breaking from your drumsticks and everybody becomes really excited and it's as if you're venting on their behalf you know mm. um, that's always quite fun so the liberation comes from a totally different place I totally changed the subject but <laughs> it's okay hmm? yeah that's the idea the schizophrenia you know it's the theme <laughs> so you can just let's go around Yeah, we can just suddenly speak about so uh, tell me the weather or something <laughs> you know, passionately. But, but tell um, me, how do you feel? How do you feel that your schizophrenia is represented in your work? Um, I'm also playing different instruments, mm -hmm. but I uh, I didn't uh, relate it that way before you said it. <laughs> I take it from a, a, a mu musical point of mm -hmm. view. Yeah, like. Uh, Let's say I don't know with with a trio I, we're playing you know textures and uh, rambling sounds and mm -hmm. vibration and stuff vibrating and it's just noise basically mm -hmm. but with a sort of like a, a strong drive to it but there is um, almost no you 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 will hear no chords no rhythm no no melodies of course but even within the 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 no melody no no um, no harmony and no rhythm. Um, side of music a trio is uh, pretty hardcore mm. it's uh, uh, many people say okay it's you've done you've created a sound which is mm. a trio sound which you uh, hear in very little other bands uh, it's not for me to say but that's a feedback we get and it's true that I think I haven't heard anybody doing exactly that thing uh, but maybe I'm wrong of course and then um This is something I, I like to do when I do really well. And mm. I love this trio and I love working with these two guys as the much as Alan possible. Bishop and Rad Yassin. It's a trio is with Mazen and Mazen. Uh, and right. we, we play with Alan that's, as a quartet at points. Mm. Um, within a trio, we have this idea also of completely um, taking what we do to another place, for exam mm. example, with Alan trying to go towards what Alan does which is completely alien to what mm. we do in, uh, in, um, if you hear his music and ours ob they don't obviously relate yeah. um, but the desire to work together is here so we find the solution over the course um, of time we found I mean now we're really comfortable playing together um, um, That's one thing, but also um, the idea to play with, a, for instance, a rock sound to get a rock sound. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to get? Or why would I want to play rock? I mean, I'm an improvising musician. Mm -hmm. I'm, um, my concerns are contemporary music, free improvisation, and uh, sound. So why the desire to play rock? I, I have the desire to play rock. It's just there. So. Of course, I'm never going to play uh, DC rock. covers. Yeah, yeah but uh, <laughs> I will play my own interpretation of rock, yeah. and I enjoy it. Uh, let's say, or trying to play um, in a more jazz orientation, mm -hmm. or or now within the context of Lebanon and of 
uh, let's say, uh, oriental music. How can I incorporate elements of oriental music mm. within whatever it is I'm doing? So the funny thing is very discreetly I'm actually putting elements of it within a trio. Mm. You might not hear them, but at points people heard them. There are people who come to me after and, said, and say, well... Um, towards just before the final section, there was a, a rhythm. Like, so they do hear it, but it's a subtle. So, um, and do you of think course, schizophrenia is, is a big word, but but do you think those subtleties are, word. are um, they are, are they intentional or are they are they subconscious? Do you find holes where you can put those things in, or do they just happen? Um, no, they're conscious. Mm. Yeah, they're conscious. Uh, there is the idea that identity is plural, mm. you know, of course, and that um, maybe there is a part, an unconscious part that feeds them back to me, but they become conscious mm. at some point, for sure. I mean, I grew up listening to rock. I heard oriental music mm. everywhere I was when I was a kid. I... Uh, started being completely fascinating with jazz, fascinated with mm -hmm. jazz at some point. Um, I become fascinated with experimental and improvised music and free jazz and all these things. So all these things uh, matter to me. Um, so I want them to be there mm -hmm. somewhere. Otherwise I feel a hole like yeah. or something is missing. Yeah. Um, I don't want to play fusion, like combine them in a so I have to find solutions yeah. to, to get them within whatever it is I'm doing. I also love sound, not music, mm. just sound. I can like, spend hours listening to a random sound that's somehow mm -mm -mm. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, that for some reason speaks to me. It could be, I don't know, the sound of a machine in a corner or something. Uh, so yeah, this, 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 all of this, you know, if I'm just playing one style of music, so much will not be there, yeah. you know. So, yeah, that's that's in terms of styles, but also, you know, that's also something I would like you to talk about, mm -hmm. like um, the relation between improvising, composing, how can you mix them, how can you go from one to the other, uh, improvising in a specific style, or can you, would you rather compose in that style? Mm. And do you leave space for improvisation then? I mean, those are questions I'm always asking myself, coming from a background when I, where I used to just improvise mm. for years. That's all I would do. And then in, let's say, the last 10 years, I, I sometimes only play com something composed with zero place for yeah. improvisation. But then I very much enjoy going back to, mm. the, to the improvisation. So... Yeah, all these things. I think for me it was um, I, I I started to to study oud because I wanted to have the ability to be able to pick up an instrument and just play, um, and play something that felt good to me. Because before that I was playing drums, and drums you can't just pick up and play, unfortunately, wherever you are. Um, which is always a shame. Um, but when I was playing guitar and playing bass guitar, you would, you know, you'd be always writing bass lines and you would be, you'd have your, you know, you're writing songs or you're writing whatever. 
everything was composed or you're learning songs. So everything that you play is um, predetermined somehow. And I really wanted to have the ability to just not predetermine anything and just pick up the instrument and express whatever I was feeling at the time. And I guess it was more of a therapeutic thing and and a, and a need for, for that uh, kind of outlet at the beginning. And... But I didn't go at it from a from a hyper wide expressive perspective. It was very much through the world of Arabic maqam and Iraqi maqam and how to use those that framework to express what you're feeling. But still, I found a lot of freedom in there, and I would attribute that influence to my teacher because my teacher Hassan Imam in London. My my lessons with him were basically me sitting down listening to him play for forty five minutes and going home. Um, that was like the first year or year and a half you know we would do some basic exercises he would give me things and then we would sit down and I would just listen and his his reasoning for that was Khayyam your ears have lost the sensitivity required to understand the, the subtlety and the detail of what this music is about because you've grown up you know I, I grew up, I was born in London, in Damascus but I grew up in London from the age of nine so he's like you don't have this in your ears anymore so you need to get it back in your ears and the only way you're going to get that is by listening and rather than listening to recordings he was like you listen to me play why because he was an absolute master never repeating the same thing twice and th- this absolutely fascinated me that I could sit you know week after week in front of my teacher, listening to him play the same maqam, so the same mode, the same set of notes, on the same tonic. You know, it wasn't even transposed elsewhere. He would play exactly the same thing, but every week it would be completely different. He never repeated a phrase. Never. And this for me was really liberating, because I was like, well, if we're talking about freedom in music, it's about us as musicians being free it's not about the kind of music that we're making being free or it's not about a lack of rules it's about how free you can be within those rules and within those confines right and this i found hyper fascinating at the same time when i started trying to search out a bit of jazz and and improvise music and stuff i got really turned off because i felt that most of the time it was the majority of the players and the majority of the things that I heard were just, um, I just felt like there were people fucking around, basically. Which is a bit unfair, for sure. And and obviously I didn't have the, the capacity to be able to understand the subtleties of what was going on. But um, it made me feel like, no, this is, this is not quite, it's not respectful enough for me. I need something that, is, that has more detail in it. And so I shied away from that. And and the the improvised thing was was more within these confines, but as time went on, and my ear became more sensitive to sound, and and I started getting much more into production and recording and learning about you know the recording techniques and electronics and producing and mixing and all of this stuff. Once I started to be able to tell the difference between, you know, you know, a, a one or two dB difference in a specific EQ, for example, I started to also to be able to appreciate the details of free improvised music that was based on sound and not melody and not form and not rhythm. Um, and that kind of reignited this, uh, this fire of, of uh, 
trying to search for a freedom in, in performance again. And that led me back to this, when you were talking about composition or improvisation, led me back to this absolute love for um, semi-improvised music, let's call it, in the sense of, and I'll call it semi-improvised as opposed to semi-composed because it's not, what I like is having um, a certain palette and not necessarily rules, not musical rules, but stylistic rules, let's call them, um, aesthetic rules, uh, and then being able to just express yourself within those. And so, for example, if I feel, today I feel like X, so I will use X rules and X palette to express that feeling. But what I play within that is completely improvised. So go back to that show that I did at Irtijal um, this year, um, this schizo work of oud and percussions. The percussion side of it is based on the feeling that I got that I get when I hear Rebond's B by Zanakis. This is a beautiful solo percussion um, composition and it has a very specific identity, sonic identity and um, a melodic rhythmic identity. And I love that energy. But I don't want to learn how to play Rebonds and just play Rebonds. I want to play something that makes me feel like Rebonds. And so I made a setup of percussions that was very similar to the one used in the in that composition. And that's my palette. And the rules are the rules are the energy that, that I feel when I listen to rebonds. It's not necessarily the compositional feeling of rebonds itself. It's about that energy that's in it. And and then the improvisation happens within that. And surprisingly enough, I found there to be quite a lot of repetition I mean you it's free enough for you to be able to express what you want but it's also confined enough for it to have a very specific identity and and that's what's been really exciting for me about music recently everything that I've been working on for the last two years even though I've been working on it privately nothing's been released yet but uh, all the ideas are based on this idea of semi-composition semi-improvisation set a palette set some rules uh, have some tools at your disposal and then see what happens. And and actually that was very much inspired by you because um, when I saw you playing with literal tools, you know, you would open your, your, uh, your small uh, sash of uh, sticks and pieces of metal and pieces of wood and whatever other objects that you were using and I would look at that and then see how you would use them and I realized that ah so there's there's a palette there's a sonic palette that's associated with those tools now I'm not very interested in preparing my oud or preparing the drum kit and playing a prepared instrument it's just not one of my concerns but but the idea behind that was really fascinating to me was you know how how can I create my own set of tools that somehow I feel are, you know, represent me and and use them in a way that Sharif was using his his tools oh. to give them those identity. Okay. Yeah. Oh. This was um 
So that's mean, where you my mean head applied, is at. applied to percussion, to oud, to electronics? Applied to anything, yeah, yeah, literally okay, anything. See, so even, you know, your tool could be a specific delay, a specific delay sound. Um, it could be, you know, uh, I don't know, a chorus effect added to a, to a specific drum or, or a specific string. It could be just a specific sound that you created on X synthesizer. That's a tool. It has a certain energy, has a certain feeling, has a certain uh, sonic construct, and and you know what it what it means and what it represents for you. That doesn't have to be anything obvious. And then you do your improvised set with those particular colors. It's like asking an artist yeah. to to paint, you know, to improvise a painting, but with very specific colors. You give them four colors and say, yeah. "Go ahead." And even uh, specific brushes or... Uh, exactly. Like, yeah, then you can the, start to confine yeah, that's how you more. create the quality. You, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the quality that yeah. you're going to work with. Yeah. Exactly. And this then you, it's exciting. a way to also to to exclude qualities you don't want in there by also not using these tools or, or using exclusively this tool with like... Yeah, it's rules you set mm. to yourself. That's, I guess, what you call the palette. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I love you. Yeah. Like, I love the possibilities that are opened up to us by computers and by digital technology. But there's obviously too much choice, and it's it's problematic that when you sit and you have this blank slate, and the possibilities are literally endless. Um, and so, finding the palette that that somehow resonates with you. And then just being free to explore that palette and to express it, th that for me has been really, really fascinating. And I don't, I don't think I can go back to working any other way when it comes to my music. <laughs> If I'm working on a film soundtrack or writing songs for somebody or producing somebody else's work, I mean, that's a, another world entirely. But for me, if I want to express myself as, a, as an artist, as a, as a human being, I don't think I, I can go back to playing fully composed music or or playing in a way that's not based on this concept of you know find your palette and just you know, live your life <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh, it's amazing actually yeah lately your your stuff really has uh, qualities that i haven't heard before not just in your playing but in <laughs> other playing like the last i mean your istijad solo Thank and you. also that uh, that um Synth solo in mm. in the overheated basement of a mansion in Lebanon, <laughs> but uh, yeah, where I was like, mm. thank you very yeah. much. So, yeah, it's, I think it's just uh, yeah. we need that. We need a, f a certain kind of freedom, um, but but you also have to kind of. I, I feel I always I have to kind of respect the audience in some way and give them at least something to hold on to, you know, some kind of thread that they can hold on to, regardless of how abstract that thread is. And and I, again, I'll come back to your influence on me with that idea because I think you're one of the few musicians in the region who's able to do a music that sounds like it's it's completely random without it ever really being random. With that, with it being quite intelligently um, and very, very subtly uh, crafted, because there's an attention to micro details, um, and I find I just find that fascinating. Really do. It's me who thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, very much, very much of what you're saying now uh, makes me reflect of, of how I was operating also almost without noticing it, mm. um, especially with this idea of, because I'm not using computers, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, of course, with uh, electric guitar, you have the analog option of, mm. of pedals that's always there. Mm. And it's also already endless, almost in that's a way. That's true. Yeah. yeah, even like... 20 years ago or even more like pedals what what am i thinking 40 years ago mm. already with pedals you had almost endless possibilities to process the sound of your guitar um i mean i'm i'm not an expert in pedals but but i think yeah that already in the 70s when yeah, i yeah. when i'm looking at the rigs of of Absolutely. the groups there i'm like 70s well, 80s all of this yeah. was there yeah. all along but in, in in any case, uh, when I start playing, um, I'm just gonna fix I would yeah necessarily accumulate pedals. So at some point, mm-hmm. I had I don't know maybe thirteen pedals around me, and uh, um, this was like uh, I think there was one duo concert I played with um, Stefan Reeves in Paris. It was I think two thousand two or two thousand three. And it's the last time where I had 13 pedals around me. Wow. And after that concert, I just um, took them all away. Wow. Like, and stayed... Um, stayed clean. <laughs> yeah, for uh, 11 years. Wow. Yeah, zero pedal, just the guitar, the mm. amp, the tools. Mm. And that was basically what... Uh, the palette, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I would try to make the most out of just these elements, like uh, push them as far as I could and do as much as I could with these these constraints. Um, And recently, uh, getting the the analog (laughs) back back into my life, yeah, but uh, in a very uh, minimalist way. A very focused uh, way of using Two or three, combination of two or three. I don't want to add a fourth or a fifth. It's Mm just these and see what comes out of mm-hmm. them and and uh, that's it so it's a new thing that i'm adding and i, I love it i love the possibilities mm-hmm. um also this thing which for guitarists is really just so common which is the loop the loop yeah. the looping process so that was for me like total impossibility i'm never gonna use a looper recently i using a looper but for also very very specific mm. ideas um if i'm not playing that project the looper is not going to be mm. with me it's only here if i'm intending to play this very specific thing do you find yourself um exploring these different tools when uh, only only in relation to specific projects or opportunities or do you spend time researching these different tools outside of any potential work so that if the you know on x day you decided i want x sound you know how to go and and get it um yes i'm searching and Mm. uh, usually um it comes like ah this sound would be good if i'm in that context Mm. rather than the other exploring uh widely so um if i'm trying pedals for instance mm. or i'm working on a specific technique um or 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 sometimes just improvising 
and then this this sound comes up and uh, suddenly it's obvious ah, i have to well i have to sit and work on that mm. sound so i'm working a lot on on the techniques which explains what you were saying before that maybe when i if if when i perform you see that i'm really focused on details um on a specific even something that looks completely random but mm. it's actually that's because i've worked on that specific thing to take it beyond the the, the first random occurrence yeah because at some point it's yeah, a, it's course. a first random yeah, occurrence yeah. yeah and if for some reason i'm attracted to it then i'll have to wor work on it mm -hmm. to be able to repeat it in a very uh, primal way but yeah. also to develop it and to find uh, the hidden quality sometimes i'm so surprised by a sound i guess you have this mm. as well sometimes you don't even know where it's coming from you don't understand the the physical um reason for mm. that sound to be here when you're playing the there it's like a strange resonance you mm -hmm. didn't expect it or a, a tiny vibration and that's that's one of the most beautiful thing for me uh, in the work i do mm. to understand this tiny detail and to be able to to basically master it and i find myself sometimes playing with uh, the real pleasure of listening to it when I'm playing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So th these are part of the very, very fun things. So uh, when I'm performing, I'm usually looking for these details myself. So, so if you if you hear them, that's one of the most gratifying things for yeah. me. Too. So I have a question for you that something that I struggle with most recently. I've been struggling with it a lot. Is how how do you know? Or how do you go about searching within a very confined sonic space and trying to make the most out of that sound? Because I, I find that I get, I find something, I like it, and then I find it very difficult to just take it further without feeling like I'm just repeating myself, repeating the initial idea. It's not really developing it anyway. So I just leave it as it is and I go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And what ends up is I have, I end up with a palette of 10 different things, which are, you know, valid and wonderful. But I would, in a way, I would prefer if I could only have three, but know how to manipulate those enough. So how how do you how is that process for you? You mean to to create more variations around it and and get new frequencies within uh, the yeah, same frequencies, confined frequencies, rhythms, yeah. whatever. Just within yeah. that one idea, how how do you extrapolate on it? What's your process for for digging deeper into that sound mm. or concept in order to make the most of it without just repeating yourself in yeah. you know simple variations? Uh, it's tricky because um, there is uh, some. This is something also that I realized quite um, early. Um, some things don't have the potential to go beyond. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to be able to recognize. To tell when. Yeah. yeah this uh, this doesn't have uh, the potential to do much more than that. Mm. So then you keep it and you use it only <coughs> in that way. But um, the whole struggle is finding. The confined, you called it. What mm -hmm. did you call it? The I confines. Like, yeah. I, I like how you, you refer to <laughs> it in a confined space. Yeah. yeah, to find this confined space, but that has actually multiple layers that you have to to dig 
to to Maybe get out. Maybe this is a, a good yeah. point. That's difference actually mm. that I'm using. I use a specific language to describe these things, which maybe is quite different to the way you think of them. So I used right. <laughs> the idea of being stuck, in a yeah. way, being confined to, um, uh, and I, I always feel like it's a kind of uh, claustrophobic thing where yeah. you, you're confined to a space. And so the only way is either down <laughs> or up. Uh, that, that's the way sometimes I feel it. But you don't see it like that at all, do you? No, <laughs> no, you don't see it as a as a as a as a box. No, how I don't do you see, see it, it as a box? Um, uh, I see it the way you you described it earlier. Like it's a it's a palette. Like it's mm. a it's a set of things, and that's gonna be your limits for uh, that thing. And provided then that uh, provided that the elements you've put in there have enough potential. Mm. With time, you will find thousands of things. And then playing them, you will realize um, if you enjoy playing that, mm. uh, so you, you get satisfaction from playing within this specific limit, you will notice details that you didn't notice in the beginning yeah. after a while. And you will realize that, ah, if I move this just slightly to the left, then... It's different frequency mm. altogether. So what if I move it even more or what if I apply more pressure and then mm -hmm. get... So it's all details and you have to keep trying. Uh, and sometimes I, I surpri I'm surprised because uh, I make a mistake, actually. Mm. I'm trying to play it and I make a mistake. Like I place I, one parameter is not exactly the mm -hmm. way I, I was supposed to put it. And then the result is even better or different. So... Yeah. There is a part of it which is chance, so or mis generated by a mistake, mm -hmm. and there is um, another part which is just yeah simply you um, working with those elements, those, those those these few things that you've limited yourself with, but uh, applying a different pressure here, mm -hmm. uh, putting a different tension um, adding a tiny maybe you're missing one element that will make a huge difference so finding that specific element so you're, you're really thinking about in terms of um, combinations also right it's not just about I don't know like um, so I found that you know using my nail on this tool sounds like this so you would you would develop that by saying okay so what what if i combine my nail hitting on this wood with every now and then using the flesh rather than trying to find a different way to use the nail to make the thing happen is that what you're both, saying both 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 yeah. yeah yeah both different way to use the nail hitting mm -hmm. on the like trying something else um there is a first part which is pure exploration mm -hmm. so you're just trying to stupidly find the whole different things mm. you can do and some of it is just clanky and stupid like mm. but yeah you're trying you're just uh, seeing like how many frequencies you can get how intense how mm -hmm. bassy how and then then it's yeah i think you it's up to you to musically uh, this create a, mu a yeah. musical language out yeah, of yeah. it you can do with a lot with nothing I, mean, sorry, I guess but, you know but how do you keep how do you make that interesting for a listener i mean mm. i think this is where i i tend to to trip up 
a lot of the time is that I'm constantly thinking about myself as a fan uh, and how I would react to hearing that. And I also sometimes try to put myself in the in the place of the listener. So, okay, this is a nice sound. It's interesting. But how long for? And... Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really bad questions. at this. I'm mm. bad at this. No, it's a good question. I, I'm. I've never tried to to make it good for the listener. <laughs> 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 I I just try to enjoy myself. Really, yeah. it's like been constantly. Uh, it's, it's a thing. I'm just trying to to have. Uh, I think uh, the listener is a secondary. Not mm. that I'm more important than him, but I think that the best chance. I may have of pleasing somebody is to be happy, my, like to yeah. be comfortable yeah, myself. You're, you're absolutely right. You're that's absolutely uh, right. I've always seen it like this. Um, but that's that's a kind of selfishness that I find very difficult to selfish. accept in music. Yeah. I, and generally, I mean, I I I feel that way when I say listen to like master composers or when you just listen to uh, you know a solo musician performing in a in a small club. It, that there's that that selfishness that um maybe i it's just me that i have a kind of a bit of a problem with it but but you're I, right no, i mean I, I i just i just can't do it any other way yeah but, you, but, but I, everybody I, I'm, says I'm, that i'm, yeah. I'm conscious that of yeah. this i sometimes think like you're selfish is just thinking but at the same time it keeps you going yeah. you know like if you're if you're um, performing a concert is something but if you're performing uh, you're going to perform 5,000 concerts mm. in your life and you have to be able to kind of see yourself in 30 years. So no, it's not just about what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. but how would I keep myself going? I mean, uh, uh, music is not just yeah. fun, you know. It's, no, of course, it's <laughs> our mean, livelihood. I'm, I'm yeah. saying, not you know, but in general, yeah, like yeah. it's uh, at points uh, you need to, to keep yourself going. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's that's that's the thing that keeps mm. me going the fact that i'm enjoying what i do um, yeah. and i'm primarily trying to to to, to have a good uh, experience and the the way i'm not annoyed or bothered by this um, selfish uh, mm. thing is that uh, over the years i found that um, um actually people really like <laughs> the, yeah. the stuff like in the, I realized when I'm really uh, enjoying myself mm -hmm. I realized that um, let's say if I'm doing 10 nights like I'm touring uh, with my solo percussion mm -hmm. on, on guitar I feel how much people liked it more on the days that I enjoyed myself yeah. more it's yeah. there is a link of course you know now, if you're not convinced with what you're doing, yeah. then you can't convince it's anybody very else. Clear. Yeah, it's very clear. It's very, very clear. There are days where I just play it. I'm not in a good mood, and some people like it, but mm. I don't get the, I don't get the reactions that yeah. I, I would get if I'm myself. Uh, I have in, to say in that, that solo, I yeah. kind, I sometimes even get in very emotional states mm -mm -mm. at points. So, might be that I, I end up really uh, like almost in tears yeah. for uh, reasons like of that course. are really not just musical of but, course but uh, but uh, yeah Anything and then, then I realized yeah then I realized okay people felt that and mm. they, they had also a good time yeah. so 
So that's the relation I, I with the audience. My, yeah, I think me. my problem is that I've just become very, very tired of touring, I guess, and live performances in general. And, and so I'm finding it even more difficult to put myself in that frame of mind where, okay, so I'm here to enjoy, I'm here to do this thing that I love and you're here to partake in that. And hopefully it'll be a pleasant experience for both of us because you never can tell. But but because touring and performing live stopped being enjoyable, I think that's why it made me question all of these things even more. But um, but you're right. When when you're on stage and you're having a good time, things the the, the reactions from people tend to be better. But but sometimes obviously it can also be the total opposite where you think yes. it was absolutely fantastic and yeah. people are like or that the, was yeah. a pile of shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around you yeah. think you paid like shit and people loved it just amazed, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I yeah, think yeah, it's, there is no rules yeah, but it's, it's, it's uh, a tendency it's a tendency I feel and of course sometimes I get it completely wrong yeah it's yeah that's that's what makes it difficult but I guess, um, yeah. it, as I'm saying it's what what uh, keeps me motivated to keep going mm. um, like uh, play uh, I don't know 70 shows a year like yeah. or more like it's uh, you need this energy that Absolutely. you can only give to yourself I mean uh, I think I've got to uh, point. you made me laugh one time you, we watched yeah. a concert and you you came out and said something was wrong in that concert I was like what and you said uh, yeah the, the musicians they were always smiling something's wrong <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I realized yeah I realized yeah right <laughs> I didn't I didn't uh, notice it in the beginning <laughs> so anyway I'm just doing a parenthesis of yeah. course it's not connected to what we're saying but uh, like a joke like okay. like indeed there is people who take it literally so we're yes, having a good time true. on stage yeah exactly we have <laughs> so a wonderful time yeah check it out on every <laughs> single gig yeah. you play 200 shows <laughs> you're always like smiling and happy <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one it's a uh, tough one uh, um, I wanted to ask you something but I forgot and it was to do okay. with this uh with this idea of um, being trying to be uh, fresh in some in some shape or form, trying to provide some kind of continuity, I remember once um, when I was studying at the Arab Oud House in Cairo with Nasir Shema, and Nasir Shema every now and then would do these kind of little salons and invite people, and once he invited a a psychologist to talk about psychology and music and things and and he um they were quite adamant that uh, a professional musician should be able to fully control his emotional state so that he would be able to perform at his best no matter what and this is a very classical way of thinking i guess it probably applies to sportsmanship as well that you know if you have a fight with your girlfriend on the phone five minutes before you go on stage that you you're able to um, not take that argument with you on stage that you're able to leave it off stage in the in the dressing rooms or you know but at the bar go on stage do your thing the way that it's supposed to be done and then come off stage and get back to your normal life and and your arguments and and whatever emotional rollercoaster you've been going through. And I found that at once one side of it I found to be extremely powerful as a as a concept uh, uh for for a musician to to how to be a professional and be able to 
control your emotions and to 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 give the best show that you can and the other side of it i just thought man this is totally ridiculous because you know how am i supposed to enjoy what i'm doing if i'm not living the moment in some shape or form and if i'm in a bad mood or a good mood both those things are valid yeah, yeah i think it has to to go into the music not to you must not uh, yeah It happened to me once and I left the, the, my girlfriend the next day. <laughs> Just, yeah, actually, it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, in that sense, I, you know, I in, uh, the, the, um, had this um, quite an amazing experience with um, Jean-François Pauvros, this French guitarist, in like, I think, a four, four concert tour. And um, the fourth concert, there was a day off before. Uh, driving back from um, in a train from Marseille to Paris mm -hmm. and uh, Jean-François's mother died wow. so he learned in that morning and she's the one who got him into music and and uh, yeah so he's like really affected mm -hmm. he's really you can see he's devastated you know his mother was the closest person mm -hmm. to him and he was close to her and so Of course, where the three other band members were like, uh, we're so sorry. So, yeah, it's okay. We understand you have to go. Um, we'll miss you tomorrow. And he says, what do you mean? He said, yeah, well, I mean, obviously mm. you're not coming to play the show. And uh, he has a very nasty voice. <laughs> and they said, you're a bunch of, I don't know what. Of course, I'm coming to play the show, like with this typical wow. voice. And uh, so we're, we're both like, mm. of course, inside you're asking yourself, like, would I, would I play a show in these conditions? And of course, he went on saying that, no, my mother would want me to play the show and I can play it. I'll just go now to, uh, to the north, to Normandy. Mm. Uh, tomorrow is the burial. Then I can take the train, get back. Uh, Sharif, you have to sound check my guitar for me. No worries. Okay. And then I'm going to be here. So, wow. so, and he was, mm. so he came and then, but then it was in his music. That's, that was the most uh, fascinating thing for me. He played mm. very different. He played the same, same material, but it was so all so different than yeah. the first three days. And uh, with uh, a lot of power, mm. it was really touching for me. It was actually really hard to play with with him on that day because i felt he was so good and, uh, so i think in that sense you have to be able to uh, um, transform this quality whatever yeah. it is sadness or uh, mm -hmm. anger into the music mm -hmm. instead of trying to shut it out or ignore it yeah Yeah, I, I agree would with say you. I agree with you. It's completely. not. It's easier to say than yeah. Than I, to I do, think but, that's that's yeah. the middle ground between yeah. the two opposing extremes. Is don't just try to control it and don't completely ignore it, but try to use it, like you're saying, mm. to use it and transform it into something that is more um, musical, something that's more poetic, um, so that it can somehow have life. Yeah. So, I think that's a, a nice and hopeful uh, <laughs> point to leave the, the conversation. Thank you for this invitation. Thank you. Thanks for listening.
Thank you.